Chapter Nine of the Great Pearl Secret. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elaine Conway, England. The Great Pearl Secret by Charles Norris Williamson. Chapter Nine the eye that looked to the right the two stared at each other in silence and both were pale juliet's mind was confused the pearl's false she tried to hammer the words into her brain and understood fully what the thing would mean for her and pat she thought of louis mayen the super money-lender who had kept the pearls for months and supposed that clem manor also must be thinking of him what a treacherous horrible man she broke out at last the duke stared almost stupidly if he could be stupid who is treacherous horrible he stammered why your friend mayen of course she explained my poor pat comprehension dawned in claremanagh's eyes oh mayen had nothing to do with this he assured her who else then juliet persisted the purser on the ship who had the box in his safe coming over but he didn't have the seal mayen had it he or his messenger could put that idea out of your head my darling urged claremanagh mayen had the seal it's on the cards that de Facal, his messenger might have stolen it or had an imitation one made uh, but neither of them had the abruptly the duke stopped he had been talking fast and eagerly and he pulled himself up so short that it was as if he stumbled juliet had been examining the quaint clasp of the false pearls which he still had in her hand but that shocked pause brought her eyes to her husband's face it had been pale and strained but now there was a look upon it of physical suffering you thought of the one who did it she cried someone you care for by an intense effort claremanagh seemed to withdraw all expression from his face it became dull like a handsome mask i wished i had thought of any one he said no such luck juliet had pitied him unselfishly at first for after all the pearls were his not hers and the loss sentimental and material would be very great if the czarina's pearls were gone but his look his changed tone and the cloud that seemed to rise between them like a mist roused a vague resentment she felt as if she had tried to comfort him and he had pushed her away pat she exclaimed sharply it's no use your trying to put me off you have thought who chained the pearls or anyhow of the person who might have done it you've simply got to tell me i have a right to know my dear child he protested you do spring to the wildest conclusions juliet's anger rose the whole thing is wild only wild conclusions are of any use if you don't want me to try and help you i won't 
but i can't prevent myself from seeing one thing that perhaps you don't see yet if the real thief isn't soon found and this story gets out there will be some horrid gossip about you clem manor flushed scarlet i do see he said at least i see what you're hinting at if i purloin my own pearls and secretly sell them while getting credit at the same time for giving them to my wife i bring off a very neat coup that's what you mean isn't it the thing sounded so crudely villainous when put into words that juliet was ashamed but there was a fierce light in the eyes which until to-day had never looked at her except in love or seeming love juliet would not let her husband fancy for an instant that he had made her flinch yes that's what i mean she answered one's dear friends are capable of any insinuation and even those dearer and nearer than friends pat flung at her oh i realise that i'm the classic target a poor irish peer the poorest of the lot who dares to marry america's richest girl no beastly trick too vile to believe of him of course a blighter like that couldn't have married the girl for love to hear the words spoken even in bitterest sarcasm was like the prick of a knife juliet had pushed them out of her own mind so often that it was the sharpest anguish to have them thrust into it by pat's adored lips if he loved her she could not see how it was possible for him to speak like that in thinking this she pitied herself desperately and forgot her own words which had lashed him to retaliation she forgot too how that very morning her lips had flung this very taunt she had shown him sharply how much her own she considered her fortune her house and everything he shared as her husband it seemed to her that now he was inadvertently confessing rather than sneering at possible accusers juliet defended her own attractions pitifully yet there was nothing pitiful in her look she loomed tall and aggressive and cruelly beautiful with blazing eyes and cheeks a great many men have told me they loved me and that no one could help loving me for myself but i never believed any of them till i met you and then i was a conceited fool to think you could care for me after lida pavoya pat started as if she had boxed his ears and juliet too was surprised she had not meant to say that the thing had said itself for an instant his eyes flamed then their fire died out and left them cold he looked disgusted i told you once that i had never loved mademoiselle pavoya he said one isn't used to having one's word doubted it's rather humiliating to have it happen with one's own wife but putting that aside why not keep to the point why bring up the lady's name when we are discussing quite a different affair the affair of these pearls out of clare manor's coldness a demon was born and flew straight to juliet's heart for an instant she lost all sense of her own love for her husband she hated him and wished to hurt him as much as she could because it seemed that he had gone out of his way to hurt her she tingled all over with indignant humiliation 
it was as if pat had said i happen to be your husband but you are only a commoner with no traditions of fine breeding behind you while i am a man whose ancestors might have had yours for servants no wonder you have no intuitive idea of decent decorum is it a different affair she cried or is it one single affair the affair of lyda pavoya and your pearls again the words had spoken themselves but a flare of enlightenment came with them surely something had made her speak something which knew what she hadn't thought of till this moment that lyda pavoya had taken the pearls how she could possibly have got them if they had ever been in louis mayon's keeping juliet could not see she had them that was clear and the fact would account for pat's sudden breaking off of a sentence he had begun to defend mayon and de Facal, but neither of them had that he had said and stopped short with an awful look on his face the look of seeing something which no one else must be allowed to see what thing was there that mayen and his messenger had not which another person might have had a thing which would make theft possible a person who must be protected at any price juliet could not guess yet what the thing might be but the second guess was all too easy this time the duke showed no sign of surprise therefore he was not surprised he merely looked more disgusted than before which made his lack of love for his wife and his wish to defend the polish dancer more evident to juliet's racked mind when i gave you my word about not loving mademoiselle pavoya i gave it also about the pearls claremanagh said i told you then that she had never had them i can only repeat the statement since you seem to have forgotten i have forgotten nothing cried juliet it's a man's code of honour i suppose to defend a woman no matter how but if that's not so if you don't care enough for lyda pavoya to lie for her to your wife i'd like to know how you'll answer this question do you swear that you don't suspect her of somehow stealing the real pearls and putting imitation ones in their place Clermanagh's face changed he had been frankly though coldly furious now he looked stricken i would lie for no one on earth except for you and then only to save your life he said it's an insult from you to me to ask that i should swear such a thing very well then your simple word is enough said juliet give it that you don't think pavoya has the pearls claremanagh was silent his eyes upon her and in that silence short as it was juliet heard a tiny voice speak it whispered the thing pavoya had which the others didn't have was a copy she had a copy of the pearls i could not believe such a thing the duke answered i have known mademoiselle pavoya for years she is a good woman juliet laughed and laughing flung the false pearls on the floor a good woman you have original ideas i've heard a lot of things about her from a lot of people but never that before because only malicious speeches are amusing the other ones a lot of people 
the lot we know mostly make Phew! sneered juliet i see the whole thing now except how she got the real pearls but this imitation rope she had you can't face me and say she hadn't i'll say nothing more on the subject while you're in this mood returned claremanagh all right if you think prevarication more honourable than lying straight out panted juliet holding down sobs but you won't do her any good with me or yourself either you were scared blue when i said the eye of the class looked to the right instead of to the left like the eye on your seal ring you'd hardly believe it till you had to then the whole thing grew clear to you as it's grown for me now this copy existed the class was made the wrong way by mistake or on purpose as soon as i spoke you knew what had happened your first thought as soon as you could think was to save that woman but you shan't save her i do you intend to make a scandal of this beastly business the duke cut her short with violence if you do you will repent it all your life juliet quivered i don't care about my life now she said you spoilt it you couldn't punish me any more than you've punished me already for loving and trusting you so it doesn't matter what i it matters immensely he broke in again you are cruel to yourself to me to a woman who has never injured you when i say that you repent making a scandal i don't mean because i try to punish you my god no you'll repent because you will be doing a great injustice which can't possibly be repaired and at heart when you're true to yourself you are just it's no use your trying to appeal to my sense of justice juliet warned him that's the last thing for you to bring up he looked at her very sadly very strangely it seemed to his wife as if anger were dying out and a great sorrow had taken its place but that was only his cleverness his deadly irish cleverness of course what then do you intend to do he asked once more confusion fogged the girl's brain a desolate confusion like chaos after ordered beauty the end of all joy all loveliness i don't know yet she said dully i shall have to think as juliet spoke fingers tapped lightly on the door simone's fingers no doubt her fifteen minutes of banishment had passed come in juliet spoke mechanically and if she wished to withdraw the words it was too late the french woman opened the door madame la duchesse is ready for me to finish dressing her she asked vaguely it struck juliet that simone's voice was not quite natural she had probably been listening at the keyhole and had heard everything but on second thoughts what did it matter juliet told herself miserably that nothing could be the same as it had been she could not go on after this living with pat as his wife all the world would soon know that there was trouble between them and simone's knowing first of little importance she was only a servant 
and luckily a loyal and discreet servant as juliet paused a second before speaking claremanagh answered for her the duchess is feeling very tired and as you know i'm not well we've about decided to telephone that we can't go out he said but not quite decided his wife amended i think that if you prefer to stay at home i shall go and make your excuses in person pat showed surprise he had taken it completely for granted that she would not dream of dining at the van estens no he decided after an instant's thought if you are equal to it so am i he's afraid to trust me alone juliet told herself for fear i shall say something very well she said aloud you better hurry up and get ready then we're late as it is pat did not answer without another word or look he went to his room and shut the door between evidently nixon had not been with his master to-night juliet wondered where the man was and with a bitter sense of amusement pictured old nick's emotions if she began a suit for divorce against the duke she had always liked the queer fellow who had been as fine a soldier pat said as he was an indifferent valet had liked him partly because of his thrilled admiration of her deeply as he adored her at present however that love was nothing beside what he felt for the duke he made juliet a shade more miserable than before to know that the worshipping nick would soon cease to worship so far she had kept back her tears but they were becoming irrepressible when simone exclaimed oh the wonderful pearls madame la duchesse has let them fall on the floor the current of juliet's thoughts changed instantly and the brimming tears dried at their source the wonderful pearls she repeated with infinite bitterness sure as she was that simone had been at the keyhole with a look of pained astonishment on the woman's face made her wonder if after all simone had heard everything perhaps she had caught parts only of the conversation and had been trying to find out for sure whether she had heard aright juliet had perfect trust in simone so far as discretion was concerned but it was within her estimate of the maid's character that she should eavesdrop people of her class did that sort of thing and thought it no harm it made the drama of their lives simone would keep her knowledge or her suspicion to herself of course until whatever was fated to happen had happened then no doubt she would tell her friends that she'd known all along still juliet suddenly disliked the thought of being pitied even by her maid simone was aware that her mistress had looked forward to getting the pearls it was humiliating that she should have instead a mere string of wax or fish scale beads simone had heard it couldn't be helped if she hadn't however she should remain in ignorance they're not quite as glorious as i expected them to be juliet remarked i suppose it's like that with everything in life but they are very beautiful 
ventured simone with a privileged air of the old and trusted servant which he put on like a sort of chain armour at times will madame la duchesse wear them to-night juliet was taken aback she had of course intended to wear the tsarina pearls she had told herself that she would do so if only that everyone should see that she not pavoya had them but since discovering the truth about them why it had not occurred to her that she would wear the things rather would she have thrown them into the fire suddenly however she thought she saw the matter from another point of view suppose she did appear wearing the rope to do so would give her time to think and it would be interesting to see pat's face when he caught sight of them oh yes i'll wear the pearls she said you know perfectly well i had this shot blue and silver tissue made on purpose to go with them why shouldn't i wear them simone simone did not answer because she understood that no answer was expected she had overheard something but it was not her fault that she had not overheard all unfortunately for her the room was large and the duke and duchess had stood talking at a good distance from the door the manner of her mistress however filled up several aching gaps in simone's curiosity and putting together what she knew and what she surmised the maid changed her mind as to her own wisest course of conduct she had intended to sacrifice inclination to prudence and say nothing to the duchess about the polish dancer's visit that afternoon now she decided that it would be best to mention it how to work up to the subject was the only doubt on that score left in her mind uh, madame la duchesse is merveilleuse et insolent she cried as she held the rope of big blue beads over juliet's head and let it fall gently upon the swan's down whiteness of the bare neck madame was perfect as a girl now she goes beyond perfection other women are charming the beautiful pole mademoiselle pavoya for instance but juliet darted upon her a piercing angry glance what makes you think or speak of pavoya just now she sharply questions oh i hardly know except that she is of a great beauty and in her way of a strange attraction and then also as no doubt togo told madame la duchesse la pavoya called to-day called to-day echoed juliet you don't mean here but yes madame did not madame know i was about to go out with the bulldog being permitted to pass down by the front stairs i saw the lady arrive to be sure she had on a thick embroidered veil through which perhaps many people would not recognize the most famous features but my eyes are sharp and then her figure there are not two such though to my taste that of madame la duchesse is more alluring more human the dancer is a mere sprite i said to myself it must be about the charity performance for the armenians that she is here to consult with my mistress as she thus interpreted her own impressions simone busied herself in getting juliet's ermine cloak
which previously she had laid ready on the bed sometimes when the claremanners were going out together in the evening the duke came in and took his wife's coat from simone slipping it in a leisurely and loving way over the white arms as if he never tired of touching the adorable creature who belonged to him but simone did not think he would come to perform that office to-night and besides she wanted an excuse to escape from her mistress's great wide open blue eyes the maid had taken a tactful way of explaining the dancer's possible motive for calling because if she dared to accuse the duke by a hint the duchess would be bound to stop her juliet was struck dumb for a moment she would not have thought after what had passed between her and pat that she could be surprised by anything concerning him and pavoya but now she knew that she could be astounded pavoya had called toga had let her in the traitor bribed by claremanagh who had sunk low enough even for that still had togo let the woman in it was easy to make sure a pity i was out juliet said i suppose she went away when she heard that no madame she came in replied simone with the innocence of a child i do not know how long she stayed monsieur le duc will tell madame that it was to his study that togo took her oh very well i can ask him what message he left juliet promptly cut short this confidence she had no wish to learn more and her suppression of simone was no triumph of honour over curiosity she felt a sick languid repulsion against the whole subject for she knew the worst now and any further information would be a kind of horrid anticlimax oh pat pat her heart mourned how has my idol fallen and he talked so nobly about never lying that night when the duke and duchess of claremanagh came into their box in time for the second act of rigoletto everyone in the know said look she's got the tsarina pearls at last and claremanagh wondered at her he wondered terribly abysmally why after their scene together and her threats she had worn the abominable things he had wondered about that ever since the ermine cloak removed he had seen the blue beads on her neck at the van estans he ought perhaps to have rejoiced at the sight for she could not wear a rope of it imitation pearls and accuse lyda pavoya of stealing the real ones that would be to punish him less severely than herself yet pat was uneasy as well as unhappy the only thing he understood clearly in all the hideous affair was that he understood juliet not at all he asked himself over and over again a question he could not would not ask her what in god's name she intended to do next all the way home when at length they were again alone together in their brilliantly lit limousine she did not utter one word nor once look at him she sat quite still pretending to be asleep but claremanagh knew that he was no wider awake than she a dozen times he longed to speak but there are some things a man cannot do 
she seemed to have barricaded herself behind a transparent wall through which he could see not yet touch her as if she had been a lovely statuette under a glass case at the house she sprang past him quickly without accepting his help to alight and ran up the two or three marble steps claremanagh had his key but before he could use it juliet pressed the electric bell and togo appeared the girl did not look back at her husband to see whether he meant to follow and suddenly he did not mean to do so he hadn't been sure at first what he would do but he could not bear to have her shut the door of her room upon him as she surely would with a gesture he signed to togo that he was not coming in the car waited he said to the chauffeur in the pleasant courteous tone which won the affection of servants i shan't want you thanks in that mood he could not make use of juliet's car he preferred the poor independence of his own feet even while he laughed at himself bitterly for so petty a revolt he walked to the grumblers that one of his several clubs at which he was likely to meet a man with whom he had business business important enough to remember even now i won't keep the beastly money on me any longer he thought the fellow should have it to-night chapter nine